Blog Talk Radio. everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this, of course, is the TS Radio Network. We are expanding. Things are getting bigger. We have gone mainstream, I guess. We are streaming on every possible flat platform out there, uh, which has brought a lot of attention to these shows that we didn't otherwise get. And I'll keep Lawrence posted on that, and he can let you know. But this has really been a boon for us as far as our audience goes. Um, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and Whistleblower Life. And we'll be doing more with that as we move into the spring and summer. There's so much going on right now, just so much. And tonight you're going to be talking with Lawrence about the coming demonstration in Washington, D.C., and I'd give anything to be there, but unfortunately I'm not going to be able to. And with that, let me turn this over to your host, Lawrence Lucas. Lawrence, it's all yours. Thank you, Marty. Oakley for allowing us uh, this space. Um, And we found out this summer that your show or this show has become syndicated and is not only is it being listened to by those in Australia, like before last two or three years, but it's really expanded because of your syndication. Uh, I am pleased that I'm pleased that we are able to be a part of that, Marty. Me too. And, you know, the thing is, a month before last, we were the number one podcast in Australia. I just think that's a mind blower. (laughs) But anyway, we're doing good. We got an award from uh, Spotify. We were in the top 3%. And so that, I think, speaks pretty well for us. So keep rolling, guys. Keep rolling. Well, thank you you and thank Marcel Reed for um, working to get us this space to talk about things that (coughs) mainstream media does not want to talk about. And that's about sexism, racism, and abuse that's going on, especially in the U.S. Department of Agriculture. We have done these shows, I think, uh, Marty, what is it? uh, Is this the third year or the fourth year? Fourth. Fourth year. This is the fourth year. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, we have been able to open up the channels and the networks to expose and allow people who ordinarily would not be heard to be heard. I want to say personally, uh, we expected to have Attorney Tracy Lord McCurdy on, who has been a part of uh, the Justice for Black Farmer group. And, of course, um, I've been president of the USDA Coalition of Minority Employees Emeritus uh, for many years. And I can't help but thank uh, all of you and all of those you on the show tonight who have agreed to come on tonight and talk about a very important issue. But I also want to take this time to thank so many others that have been a contributing factor to making this show an abundant success to thousands of listeners. And we always think that we are talking to ourselves when we're on the show, but you're not. You're talking to thousands of people, and we know as far away as Australia. So I want to thank the three of you for being such a pivotal, pivotal portion, part of what we've been trying to do for many years, and we have this vehicle, and it was something to let the American people know about the lack of accountability, the lack of transparency, the lack of systemic change that would make things better for minority farmers, 
especially what we focus on as black farmers. And me being president of the USDA Coalition of Minority Employees include employees, and we do know. Uh, we've been back and forth over the last four, five years, six years, uh, women coming from California talking about the pain and suffering that they have suffered. So, again, I, I can't thank Marty Oakley for having this show available to us, and she has offered it more than once a month. It has been my choice to come on once a month and and expose her listening public to many of the things that we know has value. I want to uh, first, I'm going to introduce, and Tracy Lord McCurdy is not on, and we've added, by the way, uh, Michael Stovall. And I would like to start off, uh, I know where Lloyd is, and I know where Wayman is. But, Wayman, tonight I would like to start off with you. Um, We have uh, in the process a very interesting demonstration coming uh, about next week on Tuesday in front of the White House. Um, Can you tell us, and, and I'll ask Lloyd to do the same thing, from your perspective, why are we here and why are farmers from all over the southern region and as far away north as Michigan, as far south as uh, New Orleans and far west as we know Texas? What, 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 is the re, what, what is the history that would make people spend their time and spend their money and, and raise money for such an effort? Can you kind of give us a perspective, and I want it from your perspective first for a reason. Okay. But thanks for the uh, honor of being uh, with you tonight. Uh, always, always pleased and always an honor to, to be with you, with uh, Lloyd, with uh, Stowball, with Marty. Now there's some, some feedback going on. I'm not sure if I can fix that or not. Let me try that again. So, so I think your question is a is a loaded question, and and I have a perspective on these things uh, that goes back to 1994 when I first began to be involved in the black farmer movement. Uh, 1997, uh, what for me was a pivotal event uh, before DOJ and USDA when. I crossed paths with Pearlie Reed and Lloyd Wright for the first time and saw how DOJ was treating black farmers. And then those particular cases that we were looking at during that window of time served to be on the documentary that Sean and I have done, I'm Just a Layman in Pursuit of Justice. And so what had been going on with USDA pre those cases and what has been going on with USDA with the Pigford case, uh, uh, the consent decree, Pigford v. Glickman. And we uh, are going to be in D.C. on March 1, and that is uh, marching, demonstrating in honor of those original Pigford uh, enrollees, those farmers who walked out on thin ice and said, you folks have not been treating us well, and so we could dive into Pigford, perhaps. And then going forward there a bit, um, Lawrence, I was able to go in and read the transcript of uh, your statement in the fairness hearing before Judge Friedman uh, back at that time. And what you said then is what's going on now. And what people said around the room in front of, of uh, Friedman is what's going on now. Bottom line is that the Pigford consent decree was not fair. It was not fair to black farmers, track A, track B, Lloyd and I can kind of talk through that. But out of something like 16,000, 17,000 successful claimants in that particular process, only 371 of them were able to get debt cancellation. 
So you have 17,000 and only 371 get debt cancellation. Farmers were saying at that time what they're saying now that $50,000 track A uh, wouldn't even get you a small tractor. And it, it would maybe buy you a few tires in this day and age. And then also what they said then was that there was some risk involved in going into track B because the probability was that there wasn't going to be discovery, that there wasn't going to be a fair and equitable process. So by and large, farmers said, don't want to go that route, going to go plan A, and hopefully that things will turn out. So between then, Pickford won, and then a few years later, under Obama, Pickford too, the USDA has continued its nonsense. And again, that will be a deep dive into what's going on. But the long and the short of it is that whatever programs and services there are that are offered by the USDA through uh, FSA, white farmers are going to get the benefits. Black farmers are going to get too little, too late uh, when the, their load is doing payable and the crop the crops haven't come in because of all sorts of shenanigans, and then um, that's going to start the uh, foreclosure process. And so from that point up to now, uh, we grieve uh, every time uh, one of our uh, uh, farmers dies. And so part of the process that's going to happen in the PR uh, uh, hearing there on Pennsylvania Avenue next Wednesday, there will be a list of African-American farmers who have died since Pigford. It may not be a complete list, but it'll be a long, painful, painful list. So what we're doing, what you advocated in that fairness hearing is what we're working on now. We want Vilsack out because he's, a, he, he, he's, he's hurting us. Uh, he has not done what he's supposed to do under ARPA and under IRA, and Joe Biden is letting him sit in the secretary's chair and pass out money hand over fist to white farmers and give little or nothing to black farmers, and we'll be happy to say that more. So we are very, very dissatisfied. We're very, very angry with Tom Vilsack and with Joe Biden. Joe Biden, President Biden, is Vilsack's boss. And Vilsack is going to do what Joe Biden wants him to do. So that's an insulting kind of a thing to us. So on the one hand, we're fighting for changes, systemic changes within USDA, for more accountability, for more transparency, and we're fighting for debt cancellation. Not partial debt payments that some of our farmers have gotten, but complete debt cancellation. There's so many failures of the USDA in Bill Sachs' office, and we can get into that, that, that later. But that, for me, is a historical overview from my perspective, uh, Lawrence, from 1994 all the way up to 2023. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, that is a pretty good uh, overview as to where we are uh, from your perspective, and I thank you very much for that. I was thinking that probably the next person that we'll probably have, since we have a farmer on, but I think I'm going to hold Stovall last. Um, I think that, um, Lord Wright, um, you have been – working for USDA, and then you can give a little bit of your history uh, also if you wish to. But tell us why you're doing this. Tell us why um, black farmers are coming to Washington and wanting to uh, raise money and spend their time, and we're right on the uh, uh, the beginning of planting season when farmers should be cleaning up their tractors and sharpening their blades and getting their, uh, getting their soil planted. Why would farmers be coming to Washington now? Are they farmers or are they uh, uh, advocates or are they um, uh, just individuals that are interested in a problem? Um, what is your perspective on this? Mr. Wright. 
thank, thank you, uh, Mr. Lucas, and and uh, and and thanks for inviting me uh, to be on the show again. Uh, from my perspective, uh, the past twenty years, really since the Clinton administration, have been, have not been good for black farmers. And 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 and, and Secretary uh, Tom Vilsack. Uh, has been secretary for 10 of those past 20 years or so. And, and, and we didn't get everything we wanted under the Clinton administration, but uh, that is the last administration that aggressively tried to address the racial discrimination uh, against uh, um, uh, uh, black farmers. <clears throat> and, 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 Things have gone down even worse under Vilsack's um, first eight years, and and his last two years has been even worse than his first eight years. And and as you well know, some of us, including myself, uh, tried to inform people that bringing him back with his history of really mistreating blacks in his first eight years was not in the best interest of blacks, but we didn't say that loud enough. And I'm not sure that people heard that well enough. And and now that he's been there for another two years, uh, it's a disaster. And the reason people are coming in, um, we have no choice. You know, I, I thought I had finished demonstrating about 60 years ago. And, and I don't look forward uh, necessarily to having to demonstrate but I think we have to get the president's attention, and we don't have his attention right now. Um, the, the, the Congress have not given us everything that we deserve, but Congress have made an attempt in the last 20 years to address uh, some of the concerns of the system, you know, and 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 and, and uh, deal with some of the, uh, uh, the negative impacts that has resulted from racial discrimination. Uh, for example, you know they passed uh, uh, Pig for Two, and 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 it was up to Bill Sack to implement. He did a very poor job of that, and and only a handful of people got debt relief. And and as pointed out by by Wayman, that that the main thing that folk wanted was debt relief, and they're still hanging with that debt, and it's taken a lot of them out of business. Uh, he has not rebuilt the Office of Civil Rights, and 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 it, it's dysfunctional now, but. Uh, but he, but he's been head of that office for ten of the last twenty years, and uh, to say it's dysfunctional because he hasn't rebuilt it, and that has an impact on farmers. Farmers don't have a place to go to to uh, file and and have their discrimination complaints addressed. But neither do the employees, and the reason that both uh, the folk in the field dealing with farmers and and as well as the uh, supervisors dealing with uh, employees can get away with what they're doing is that there's no accountability. Um, there's been very few cases of a finding of discrimination in the last 20 years. Uh, as director of civil rights, I did more, I, I found more cases of discrimination in, in the two years, at the, less than two years actually, uh, slightly less when I was director of civil rights, than has been found in the last 20 years combined. So if, if you're not going to find discrimination and hold uh, 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 supervisors uh, accountable for what they do to employees, uh, hold the uh, uh, FSA and other out, out in the field accountable for what they do with farmers, they're free to run. They know they're not going to get – if they get caught, they're, they're, you know, they're not going to be held accountable. Uh, and that's under his watch. He could have fixed that. The the uh, in the 2008 Farm Bill, Congress passed uh, transparency accountability uh, section uh, that would uh, help track uh, misdeeds of the county committee and others in providing program relief. They were going to track it by race, you know, by county and state and et cetera. He has not implemented that. Uh, immediately after that bill was passed, um, Tom Vilkap became pre uh, um, uh, secretary, and he has left that on the table. It hasn't been implemented to date. Now, I gather from a discussion a week or so ago that someone has suggested that we 
develop a, a, a transparency accountability system uh, in lieu of uh, getting rid of the county committees, which we really need to do. Um, and, and, I, and I find that to be smoke and mirrors and that one exists already. It just hasn't been implemented. But he didn't implement it. And uh, there was another effort made uh, in his first administration uh, to uh, address the complaints that were not uh, processed in the past 20, uh, 10 years or so prior to him. And uh, the statute had run on most of them, the statute of limitations. And there was a bill that would have extended the statute and provide some money to eliminate some of the debt and provide some help to these farmers. Uh, he didn't support it, so we, we, it never got through the Senate, and it didn't happen. So these farmers have been wrestling with this debt uh, since the, the 80s. They didn't get relief under Pickford. They didn't get relief under um, the, the, uh, the statute of limitation bill because he didn't support it. And many of them have died in debt, lost their land. Some of them still losing their land. And mm-hmm. we're getting ready to we're getting ready to go to, to to planting crops in the deep south. Some of these farmers don't have money to buy fertilizer, seed, uh, chemical equipment to plant. So that's why they're coming to Washington. It, 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 they're desperate. Either either we get rid of Vilsack and and put someone in that will at least implement the laws passed. Uh, or they're going to be out of business. Uh, let me mention one more thing, and then I'll, I'll uh, the, 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 the real thing that has hurt the farmers in the last couple of years, the, the uh, Congress passed a bill in the American Rescue Plan to forgive all the debt of black farmers and other social disadvantaged farmers and give them 20% to pay taxes. Uh, he sat around over 100 days and didn't implement that, aware that lawsuits were being filed, uh, to stop it, and there were 13 or so of them filed, and he just sat around and waited until the court action stopped him from doing it. And and, and that is not going to, you know, I don't know if we could get that bill passed again. Uh, then they substituted in a, in, in a later bill uh, uh, providing relief to distressed farmers, and he's basically been bailing out white farmers. So black farmers are still sitting with their debt. The few farmers who received that relief got 1099s, so basically we sent them from a debt concern with USDA, and many of them shouldn't have had debt to begin with because it should have been given. In some cases, it was forgiven, and they put it back on them. But in either case, they got a 1099 now. So so this year when they file the income tax, they have to deal with that 1099. So many of them could end up in worse shape than they would have been if there had been no debt relief at all. Because if they don't have resources and we're not, we can't work out a system and we're trying to, to deal with that, that tax situation, they may end up losing their land to pay taxes. So wow. he's, really putting, he's really putting farmers out of business, and, and it, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're desperate. That, that's why they're spending their last few nickels to come in here and try to get the president's attention. We haven't been able to get his attention to let him know that you know, the black, black farmers and blacks in general put him in the White House, and, and he gave us Vilsack, and we want him to take Vilsack back because okay. Vilsack is not good for the black community. So that's why they're coming in. Okay. Okay, uh, thank you for that. But you indicated something while you were speaking that um, um, things have not changed either because um, they weren't listening or they did not hear us. Um and 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 it was during the, the period that you mentioned that uh, while Vilsap was in the White House, uh, I mean not in the White House but at USDA, what did, what did you mean when the fact when you said something about to the to the fact that they didn't hear us or they ignored us? Which is it? Did they ignore you? Uh, are they ignoring the farmers, or are they uh, or did they you tell them? about the problem and they just didn't respond to it. I'm going to be mentioning that. Uh, I'll have uh, Stovall to delve in that a little bit too. What, what did you mean by that when you said that they, well, they weren't listening? Well, I, 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 I want to be optimistic and say that they didn't hear us. And hopefully they will hear us next Wednesday on March 1st, you know, in front of the White House. I, I, I would hope 
that they heard us, understood it, and did it in, 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 and carried it and, and put him in in either case, knowing he was going to do what he was doing. That's worse. So I'm trying to be as, <laughs> as positive as I can. That's why I said they didn't hear us. Because, you know, there, there was some background that some of us know about from his time as governor. There was a class action suit. There are not many blacks in Iowa, but about 5,000 or so of them passed the suit. Somebody, I think, in, in vetting him should have found that and could have said, is, is he really the kind of person we want to make secretary with that kind of a record? That was overlooked. We tried to bring that up when he got appointed this time. Uh, some of us, and I wrote a letter and some of the rest of us did, pointing all these things out, that, he, the, that, that the things I mentioned that he didn't do in his first term, we tried to tell people that. That was sent to the White House and sent to members of Congress. So I, I want to assume that they didn't hear us because a lot, they, you get a lot of information, and, 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 I, and I'm assuming they didn't hear us. I'm hoping that they didn't, they, they heard us but didn't care. Because if that's the case, you know, um, we got even a, a larger problem than I thought we had. So that's okay. really what I meant. I, okay. I want to assume that they didn't hear us. But I also want to make it clear that you and a number of other people have been saying this for 10 years. So it's nothing new about us saying it, but sometimes people are not listening and don't hear us. So that's okay. what I meant by it. I'm okay, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. That, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, we do have uh, Michael Stovall, farmer from Alabama. Uh, he's here to talk, uh, spend some time talking to us uh, tonight. And I would like, uh, Michael Stovall, Alabama, I would like for you to tell us what you think is the problem now. Uh, you are a farmer. Um, I met you around 1995, 96, 97 at a demonstration, and we've been walking up and down uh, the United States on, in the southern region for quite a while. From your perspective, and you are a farmer, and I've heard what uh, we got an overview from Dr. Henson, and we've got some clarity as to why what the problem is, and why we come into Washington. Uh, Farmer Stovall, you tell us, tell our listening public uh, why these farmers are in the situation they're in, why they come into Washington, and uh, about this nonsense that we hear that um, there is no problem, and, uh, and this issue of uh, maybe this issue of... Uh, the word uh, unconstitutional when it comes to settling cases and resolving this systemic problem of racism and, and other at USDA. Uh, you've got the mic, Michael Stovall. Good evening, everyone. My name is Michael Stovall, and I'm here in Town Creek, Alabama. I'm a fourth generation of farmers. Uh, I have a finding of discrimination of breach of settlement agreement. 30 years discrimination. My long looking at uh, this conspiracy been going on for many, many years, how black farmers have steady losing land and steady not being able to farm properly because the U.S. Department of Agriculture plays a big part in taking the land. And we're going to be revisiting the same situation 20 years later if we don't come up with a solution to move black farmers forward. Because Pickford 1 was a joke, Pickford 2 was a joke, and we're still back looking at the same situation 20 years later. Until we as black people as a whole realize it's a conspiracy, you know, all the way across the United States to take the land from the black farmer. If you landless, you wealthless, and that's the whole situation. We're going to have to address this thing as a whole. We can't allow the Black Caucus Congress to sit up there and allow this stuff to continue to go on without addressing it for the future farmers. You know, 
these farmers need to get actual damages that they do so they can continue to farm the operation without having to go back to USDA. These farmers, they need to put money so these young farmers can buy farmland and continue to farm and so they can see a legacy that's going to bring the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. If we don't fix this thing as a whole, we're going to be revisiting this situation 10 or 15 years later. Um, everybody that gets up and talk about from the Republicans, Democrats, you know, the Republicans hadn't done anything because we hadn't forced them to do anything. We, we, we vote Democratic. They give us just a little bit and tell us to go away. But it's not enough to even begin to fix the problem. If we as black farmers, the few that's left, don't demand what we really needs to happen, we're going to be revisiting this thing 10 years later, 15 years later, or 20 years later, because it's not going to stop. It's a systemic racism at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and the Justice Department goes along with the discrimination to take the land. And we as people got to come together and look at what's going on. They didn't took over $300 trillion of land and income from the black community for many decades to keep you in bondage. And as we don't fix this problem big enough, we can't take pennies. We got to get enough where these new farmers can have a chance to own the land. And if we keep biting little pieces of this apple, ain't going to be no farmers. Not black farmers, what I'm talking about. And we got to make it right for the next generation. I was 29 years old. I'll be 60 years old. I have walked behind the mules with John Boyd, Mr. Wright, Mr. Lucas, and many other farmers, many other people. And I've been doing Dr. Henson, and he uh, videoed and seen these farmers die. It's just a, it's sad. I have seen farmers that I walked hand in hand all the way to the capital. They're gone today. And we ought to be shaming ourselves to allow this whole situation to continue to go on. You can't take pieces of this apple. You got to take the whole apple or no apple at all because it's not going to stop. It's not. The USDA need to be held accountable, and our, the Justice Department need to do it, and they need to pay these black farmers and the heirs to these black farmers what land has been taken. That's what we need to demand. It's a systemic racism at the U.S. Department of Agriculture destroying black families across America. And we got to take a stand somewhere to make a difference for the next generation. I'm through. Thank you very much. Lawrence, could I, could I uh, weigh in yes. and share a uh, couple of... Go ahead. Of, let's, uh, let's have the conversation. So, so I was I was listening to your to your question of, of Lloyd whether uh, they're not hearing us or whether they're hearing us and ignoring us, and I was thinking back <clears throat> to the to the number of open letters that we've written, uh, the Justice for Black Farmers group and the Coalition for the for Minority Employees have written to Joe Biden and to Bill Sack and. As I understand it, any time that we send a letter to the White House, it's going to be shipped out to whoever, uh, wherever the letter needs to go. So we're complaining about USDA. So Vilsack is going to get those letters. And so we've written together, sent all together to Vilsack and or Biden, probably in the vicinity of, I uh, should count that, should have count this for not just something like 20, 25 letters. And so I wonder about the hearing business, and I wonder about the 
knowing what we're saying but disagreeing with what we're saying because it doesn't fit their mantra or their mindset, so we're ignored. For instance, on our on our Zoom call last night, the planning session, I was really intrigued by what the sister from Louisiana had to say because she had she had sat at the table together with Vilsack when he was down visiting Southern here a couple of weeks ago, and I listened to the way she described how Vilsack treated her, and then I tripped back to that time that we finally got a Zoom call conference set up with him. And we went into that meeting hoping that we would be able to ask some questions, that it would be an open dialogue with uh, Secretary Vilsack. But what he did was he shut us down and said that he had some things to tell us that he filibustered for about 20, 25 minutes, and then he was gone. And then from there what we did was that we had to engage other members of his team because Secretary Vilsack had gone on to the next Zoom meeting. And so I guess I would say that Vilsack and President Biden have had a wealth of opportunities to hear what our concerns are. Because whenever we write letters, we um, we pour over what to say, how to say it. We have our um, thing footnoted. If you want to know where we got something, just kind of hit the blue underline thing, and voila, there it is. So we don't speak letter-wise to them out of some impulsive, reactive kind of thing. We have been fully informed fully engaged, fully researched, telling the truth as we see it. And I think they're ignoring us. And one more piece that I would like to add to the puzzle uh, that for me explains the whole thing, and this may be more than anybody wants to to talk about tonight, but there's a particular gentleman by by the name of Dr. D. Kirkpatrick, whose book Mars, M-A-R-S-E, Mars, Uh, The subtitle is A Psychological Portrait of the Southern Slave Master and His Legacy of White Supremacy. What I believe from reading that book and reading the wealth, uh, the plethora of reports um, back to 1945 and earlier about racism within the USDA, I think nested within USDA is a planter class mindset that is um, unshakable, that is solid as a rock. And what I mean by that, if you go back to the days of the civil, pre-Civil War, uh, the days of uh, uh, enslavement, uh, the planter class would be the wealthiest of the wealthy. They had the most land. They had the most enslaved people, and they were the ones who did not want uh, things to change. And so if you take wealthy landowners and you get people who are working the land and you have a lot of tractors and you have a lot of employees and you have thousands and thousands and thousands of acres, then I think that's what you have with the USDA. And I think the planter class mindset is still heavily nested within the USDA. So that's the voice that um, refuses to listen to what we say, because if they were to listen to what we have to say, then they would go about the business of changing the system and accountability and transparency, all that stuff we talked about, but they are so committed to that particular mindset that when they roll in a new employee, that new employee has to buy into the way that system operates. Otherwise, they're going to be gone. So I think think they've had ample opportunity to hear us, and they're choosing to ignore us. Yeah. Well, I I thank you very much um, because I think what we're touching on, uh, you call it a planter class, 
because of my orientation, I call it a plantation culture at USDA is the reason mm-hmm. why yes. uh, we, right. we are having these problems. I think yes. that uh, there's another piece of that, and I think uh, I would like to hear what Lloyd can touch on a little bit more, and I'll get to because um, we only got about 20 minutes or so left. Um, the, the group is coming in. What would make these farmers, um, after all is being said, every time I talk to someone in the media uh, or I meet someone uh, in conversation uh, outside of our conversations, they tell us that, well, what are you complaining about? You all got a settlement. Why these farmers, if if this settlement and everything is all right at USDA, what, why, how have we failed to get this message to people that can make a difference? Because the people we are talking to are not making a difference and have not made a difference, and that's the reason why black farmers and we have this systemic problem still exist. Lloyd, you want to touch on that for a few minutes before we uh, get back to um, Michael Stovall on this? Uh, yes, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because the, 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 the press and the general population feel that when money is put in for uh, debt relief for distressed farmers uh, and put in for uh, paying farmers who've been mistreated, that that goes to blacks. But as you well know, when we got around to uh, uh, trying to do debt relief under the first bill, uh, Blacks were getting the least of any of the groups in terms of debt relief because they're not making loans to blacks. So blacks didn't have that many loans to forgive. We're desperate and we need to have it done. But the truth of the matter is a lot of the things that are done where the public think is being done for blacks is really being done for underserved. And underserved includes, you know, uh, excuse me, (coughs) Hispanics, Asian, Native Americans, as social disadvantaged, but it also includes beginning farmers, uh, uh, white veterans, white women, uh, 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 farmers who have uh, 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 low to medium income. They call them uh, limited resource farmers. Most of the money is going to them. So the, they, they think things are happening, that, but it's not happening. Uh, very little of the bill uh, of the of the first bill uh, that would have forgiven debt out of that were the three billion available, only about three hundred million of that would have gone to blacks if they paid off every nickel uh, that blacks owed and given them twenty percent. Uh, the rest of that money would have gone to other groups. So the lion's share of the money that many people think blacks are getting, they're not getting. That's the problem. So we need to do a better job on, on informing the public. Uh, and then, as, as and, and, and this administration has started to talk about historically underserved, which is a terrible term, because it includes up to about 80% of the farm population. And when you target uh, uh, that many people, uh, and, in, and which would include blacks, of course, you could you could provide all kind of money to that group and not give a nickel to blacks, which is probably the intent. So yes, we got to do a better job with, with educating. They didn't get it. And then when people think they got something in Pigfoot, what people needed in Pigfoot was to get rid of that debt that you should not have to begin with. A lot of that debt accumulated because of actions by USDA. You know, uh, we interviewed uh, uh, 32 farmers, uh, Pigfoot applicants, uh, back about 10 years ago and found that uh, of the farmers who had loans, all of them were supervised by the county office manager, which meant you have a loan, but you can't spend it. And we had a couple of cases, and I paid a couple of farmers, uh, uh, and found discrimination, where the, the, the office manager refused to allow the farmer to get uh, used money that was already approved in his loan to spray soybeans because he had worms in them. And then three or four weeks later, when the worms had just about consumed them, allowed him to spray, and the guy ended up without a crop. So he couldn't pay off anything. He was getting ready to go bankrupt. That's the kind of mess that's going on. And and right now, uh, when I was there, at least I found discrimination and paid some of them. Now they don't find discrimination. 
the farmer doesn't get um, any relief at all. And, and, and there are cases where the office people uh, manipulate things to get blacks in trouble because the, somebody in the county committee wants the land, and they get the land. And in one or two cases, they may have punished an employee, but they didn't make the farmer whole. He still lost the land. So, so, so misconception is what I need to tell you. And, okay. and I don't, we don't have the resources to do the educational work, but we got to do a better job of informing the public that a lot of this money you think is going to help black folk really don't end up in black hands, end That's, up in white hands. Thank you very much. That's and very true. Uh, because a lot of um, – uh, there, there's a belief out there that black farmers are getting paid and and all these bills being passed and that we are just – black farmers are squeezing uh, an apple uh, to get more from from the American taxpayer. <laughs> Stovall, you know for a fact uh, we have black farmers coming into town uh, on March the 1st in front of the White House. Uh, what, why are they coming, Stovall, specifically, real quickly, why are they coming and what, and what are their expectations? Well, the farmers coming to get due process. Um, Biden needs the right executive order to fix the problem that these black farmers are having all across the United States. Uh, the main thing is to leave the land, leave the legacy of land to the next generation. The few acres that still old, that's still owned by the black farmers. But our biggest problem is always money triggered down, but we never get any of it. That's been the problem from the day one. Yeah. Um, our biggest, you know, the problem with black farmers is, that we're going to continue to have until something is put in place to protect us because they're not going to give us loans. They're not going to give us in a timely fashion to get our operation in operation because they don't want us in their market. They don't want us to be able to farm. So they're going to do anything and everything to destroy you. And Bill Sepp has played a big part of doing that. And Joe Biden allowed him to do that. You know, I, I you know, I got, had debt written off. I got eight hundred and some thousand dollars of debt because of discrimination. Four hundred thousand is is interest, and they left me with a hundred sixty thousand dollar debt that's still old. And my debt was written off, and they put it back on me. Those are the type of things they do to black farmers just to take their land. It's all about the land. If they can keep you landless. They can keep you from being able to leave a generation of wealth. And that's what it's about, leaving a generation of wealth, and they don't want it to happen. Until the Justice Department take a stand and hold the USDA accountable to their regulations and force the USDA to settle these claims based on the merits, not based on what they want to get these farmers these farmers will never be able to succeed because guess what? They can't go back into USDA and borrow no money. A half a million dollars is a joke when it comes to a farmer that lost every piece of equipment that he owned. It's okay, well, so, and, so uh, this is where I want to get to. Because we have, uh, that being said, because we have farmers coming in from around the country, Give give the listening uh, what what you do know from a farmer's perspective, or what you're hearing, and and what you think and hear, why the farmers are coming to Washington and then demonstrating in front of the the, the White House uh, to get the attention of President Biden. What what are they gonna What are they gonna ask the president for? What are they asking for? They asking for due process. They asking for a fair shake on the tree. They're asking for the, sec the president to settle their case based on the merits, fix the, the systemic discrimination that's going on at the USDA, and allow the future farmers to be able to farm the land. Give the land back that you've only taken from these families. That's what we need to happen. Because we need to have programs to educate the new farmers. These young farmers don't want to farm because they see what the old ones doing, what the old ones have to deal with and dying off because of stress and having heart attacks and high blood pressure and diabetes because the, the discrimination from the USDA took a toll on them. 
they want justice and they want justice now. We all need the justice. We all need to have a fair shake at the table. Uh, Joe Biden needs to write an executive order and put that money in these farmers' hands so they can go back to their farming operation and continue to farm and set up new programs that's going to help the new beginner farmers. They give all this money to the land-grant colleges. What do they do? Pay salaries. What are they doing to help educate and put more minority farmers back on the land? Nothing. We need a program that's going to set uh, programs to help beginner farmers to be able to farm, how, how to farm, how to develop a farming plan that's going to be feasible in cash flow. We need some assistance in that aspect okay. to make sure these farmers can be able to continue to stay on the land. Thank you. Okay, okay. Thank you. Um, now, uh, Wayman, can you add to what Mr. Stovall has said about why uh, we are still talking about this issue in 2023. Why, from your perspective, give us some of the issues and be very pointed as to why black farmers have decided in uh, 50, 60, 70 uh, uh, farmers are coming here to stand in front of the White House. It may, we may even get a storm or rain, you never know. And they're still making these sacrifices. Tell Tell the listening public why they're doing it and 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 who is who are the problems here specifically Wayman dr Henson. uh lawrence i said on i said in some of those meetings uh the, the zoom um uh planning meetings, and I hear a lot of passion, a lot of worry, a lot of concern, a lot of energy, a lot of anger a lot of hurt, a lot of bitterness. So, so in the words of, of John Lewis, I think we're coming to D.C. Uh, to, 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 to get into trouble, to, to get into good trouble. And in the words of uh, Frederick Douglass, and I think you quoted him the other night, uh, his words a week or two before he died was agitate, agitate, agitate. And I think black farmers and families and advocates are coming because they are committed to the cause and it's a righteous cause and it's a just cause exactly the way Michael was saying and so what we're wanting is to get attention at the very top we want Biden to listen to us we want Biden to uh, ask for our demand or whatever uh, Bill Sachs resignation and then we want somebody to fit into bill sex seat who really understands and grasps what we're talking about not just another person to sit in the seat to keep on doing this nonsense so we're pushing for uh, uh, systemic change we're looking for replacing bill sack we're looking for transparency accountability we're looking for debt relief we're looking for farmers to be treated right when it comes to that section under the IRA of 2022 with regard to discrimination. As a sidebar here, Vilsack and the USDA have passed out something like $700 million to 12,000 distressed farmers. And those of us on this call can count on our two hands the numbers of farmers we know who've gotten partial or full relief. And although we don't, although we know that we don't know everybody out there, we know that we have a fairly good pulse. And so that sort of thing is not right, is not fair. And we want uh, Biden and the Democrats and whoever to suit up and show up and to make some changes and treat the black farmers the way the white farmers are getting treated. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. I, I want to also say that let me tell you who will not be here next week. Vilsack um, uh, has done a good job on dividing and conquering. Uh, he distributed $76 million to uh, non-competitively to his trusted organizations. And many of those are going to be singing his praise. They won't be here next week. Now, they were given money to do outreach and help these farmers. 
Uh, these black farmers are using their last dime to try to get here to get some attention, and they're desperate trying to get some help. But these trusted organizations that got all those millions, uh, don't expect to see them next week. I just want to throw that in. Okay, thank you. In fact, uh, uh, um, I think what we need to also stress, the fact is that if there are people on this phone, uh, this call, this podcast that are listening, should join us in front of the White House from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock on March the 1st in front of the White House in Washington, D.C. Marty, uh, I don't want to uh, close this program without hearing and trying, trying to give you an opportunity also to ask some questions that you may have of our, our listeners. Uh, I, I want to say thank you. for They've done a superb job of addressing uh, the concerns of farmers, but they've gone into much greater detail than I expected, and, and it was needed for our listening public. Marty, do you have any comments or questions? Well, you know, in all of these situations, and of course my main focus on everything is the abuse of guardianships and the estate theft, but what we find across the board, no matter what issue you're dealing with, is the reticence and outright refusal for our elected representatives to stand up with us. They won't fix the problem. They're fully aware of it. They won't fix it. They won't acknowledge it. They won't do anything. And until we can call these people accountable, we can't get to that agency till we get to these people because they're the ones that are holding the purse strings and <clears throat> basically setting the rules. So that's kind of where my focus is. And listening to everything tonight, this was such a good show. Um, the information is just tremendous. But I do have one. Just how I think. Yeah, Go I ahead. do have another point, Marty, and I almost forgot. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I do want to say that uh, I did get a call from Senator Cory Booker's office, and Senator Booker indicated that he's the only uh, representative at this point that is that has come back to us and said that he is going to talk to these farmers. Now, I don't know if he's going to come down in front of the White House. I don't know if he's going to uh, come and, and find some space for us at US at, at uh, not at USDA, but in the uh, on the House side or the Senate side. But he did indicate that he was and planned to meet with these farmers wherever they are. And we're going to hold his foot Good. to the fire because it may not be on Capitol Hill. Uh, uh, yeah. Is there any uh, is there anything you wanted to say additionally, Marty? I, I'm, I didn't. I didn't want to lose that thought. No, no, I didn't. I, I just that I see that is the pivotal problem in all of this. The people that we elected, the people we put in office, are refusing and failing to work on our behalf. It, uh, that, as I get older, infuriates me more and more. And remember, when you vote, you are consenting to what they're doing. Uh, people keep saying, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Yes, I can. You voted and consented to what they are doing. You need to remember that. So we need to figure out a way about this voting, too, anyway, but that's a whole other issue. But like I say, Lawrence, excellent show, excellent speakers, lots of good information. Okay. okay. How, how much more time do we have, Marty? A couple minutes, about a minute oh. and a half. Okay. Um, is it any? Um, is it anything that anyone want to say, uh, Wayman? Uh, I would probably like to get a comment since we got a farmer on here. Uh, let's give him the last word because that's the reason why we we're, we're having this conversation, and that's the reason why we're coming to Washington on March the first in front of the White House from twelve o'clock to one o'clock, and we are hoping that some of our listeners uh, do join us. Uh, what about uh, Michael? What do you think? You got about a minute here. Well, we want the Secretary Bill Self to be gone. We also do not want. To put a secretary in there, it's going to take forever to do the right thing. We want an executive order signed and sealed on in the next couple of days before we leave Washington that's going to give these black farmers some hope to get their cases resolved, uh, fix the systemic problem, and also bring more beginner farmers into the agriculture industry. I'm talking about black minority farmers. Okay, and give thank back you. the land that's been taken. 
Okay, thank you. Marty, um, it's, uh, put it back in your hands. Thank you all. all. I thank all my guests for being on. Yes, I do too. This was an excellent show. Thanks everybody that tuned in. And we will be back next month, but I think you're going to want to do a show after your demonstration. I'll save time for you. And we'll uh, we'll get it up and we can talk about it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And with that, good night, everybody. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.